Good morning. It is good to see everyone here today. It has been a good meeting so far. I've enjoyed being with you very much and appreciate all the encouraging words. And uh, you have certainly been a very hospitable group of people. My dad was with me last night and he talked about how much he enjoyed being here as well and appreciate uh, the invitation. To, during the class period today, we're going to talk about something that might seem like an unusual topic, but this is something that was assigned to me this last year at Polishing the Pulpit, and it was well-received, and so I've started using it in the Bible class period when I have gone to do gospel meetings, and it was the topic, the question, is technology killing God's people? And when they gave me that topic, I thought, you know, that's a very interesting topic for me since for the last 18 years I've worked with the Gospel Broadcasting Network, which we have as our full purpose using technology to reach people with the gospel. Now, what is the point? The point is technology is not a bad thing. In fact, the way we're using it, it's a good thing. Now, in the beginning, we used satellite television to reach people, but over time, we've changed our technology, and largely, we now use uh, streaming platforms, we use social media, and we engage a lot of people every single week. In fact, the main outreach of GBN has become, we put videos out on social media, Brethren, donate money so that we can promote those. We have learned that if you'll put some money behind it, they will push your videos up on the list, and you will just get thousands more views than you would have, and that's how they've gotten rich. But as we get these views, people then begin corresponding with us, and they will ask questions, and then we will engage them in Zoom Bible studies, and we study with them until they're ready to become a Christian, and then we've got a network of churches of Christ all over the world. We find a sound congregation in their area, and we pass them off to that individual, and then the local preacher will follow up with them and baptize them, and we have baptisms every single week doing this. It has been a very successful method. In fact, uh, we've got some of our men who will go out and teach a local congregation how to use social media to do the same sort of thing in your local area. Uh, I mentioned to you that uh, we also have our app. I would encourage you to use the GBN app. Uh, download it on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer. Uh, we now have 51 of the 66 books of the Bible covered in commentary form that you can download. They are detailed commentaries to help you with Bible study. If you are teaching a Bible class, I would encourage you to go and get that commentary, and it will give you everything you need to teach a class. Uh, the books that we don't have covered are like Deuteronomy. Uh, the, the books that are most likely that you're going to be teaching, we have covered. We also have video commentary on most of the Bible as well. And so you will be impressed with the GBN app. I encourage you to get it. And I also tell people that uh, GBN does not sell anything. We are supported fully by contributions of brethren uh, and churches of Christ. And so if there's any way that you can help, a lot of people help us $25 a month. You can set it up automatically on our app, 
or you can uh, have us send you an envelope once a month if you want to help GBN. But uh, we have a tremendous amount of good work that is going on there. Why am I saying all that? Well, number one, it is a commercial for GBN. But number two, I believe that God has providentially allowed us all of this incredible means of technology so that we can reach people with the gospel. Brethren, on the day of judgment, if the Lord were to ask us, why did you not take the gospel to the entire world, we could be tempted to say, Lord, there were 8 billion people. How could we possibly reach all of those people? To which he would respond, why did you not use the technology that I gave you? Why didn't you use the internet and smartphones and devices that were always connected? Brethren, I don't believe that God has given us the amazing technology that we have just so that we can binge watch Hulu. I believe it is here for good. But you see, the problem is the devil also knows how to use technology. Now, I love technology. I have an iPhone, I have an iPad, I have an Apple Watch, I've got a MacBook Pro. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing that I do is I reach over and I turn off the alarm, which is on my iPhone. And then I pick up my iPhone and I check my messages and my emails and my Facebook and the morning news. I speak to Alexa and I tell her to adjust the air conditioning. I tell her to turn on the light. In fact, since I've been a paraplegic, those devices have been a tremendous help for me that I can do these things with my voice and not have to physically do them. I do all of those things before I get out of the bed in the morning. Our lives are completely intertwined with technology. Now, before I, I get into the meat of this lesson, I want to define my terms. When I talk about, about technology, I'm talking about smartphones, tablets, the internet, television, movies, the media, all of the high-tech delivery systems that we have through which we communicate, especially things like Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram and YouTube. All of these things have brought us great advantages, but they've also brought us some new challenges. When Sherry and I got married 32 years ago, I didn't even know what a cell phone was. I didn't know anyone that had a cell phone. I don't know if they existed at that time. I didn't know anyone who owned a computer. I'd never heard of the internet. I'd never heard of email. These are all relatively new things in our society and we're learning to deal with them. And so the question is, is technology killing God's people? Now, we're going to cover four points in this lesson. I tried to start all of them with the letter M. The four points are going to be minutes, morality, misinformation, and mission. Now, what do I mean by them? Number one, we're going to talk about minutes. Now, what do I mean when I say minutes? What I mean is this. Technology can be a huge time sucker. I'm talking about minutes. I'm talking about hours. A while back, Facebook, they bought this um, uh, another media uh, organization called TikTok, and they started showing TikTok videos on Facebook. And TikTok rapidly learns what you like to watch. And so if you like basketball, they'll start showing you basketball videos. If you like to watch cats, I like to watch cat videos. If you like cat videos, it'll start showing you cat videos. And it's extremely addictive. 
and you watch one and then another and another and they're all you know 30 seconds 60 seconds and you'll watch another and you think well it's not that very long but it can eat away a day like nothing you have ever seen in fact recently i noticed that i was watching these and I realized I had wasted an hour watching these little worthless videos and I had gained absolutely nothing from it. Listen to what the Bible says. Jesus said in John chapter 9 and verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. What was our Lord saying? Brethren, what he was saying is this, I have work that I have been put here to do and I've got to stay on point. I've got to stay on task. I've got to manage my time. I cannot allow myself to be distracted so that I don't accomplish my mission. And most of social media does exactly that. Can you imagine the time that would be regained if every Christian in the world would lay aside all social media for one day and instead use that time to evangelize? Could you imagine if every Christian would lay aside all the social media for a week, a month, and use that time to evangelize? You know, I think about Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16 where the Bible says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. That's a very interesting verse, and I've thought a lot about it. Redeeming literally means to, to cash something in, to buy it back. And so you've got something that you, was yours and you've lost it and you're trying to get it back again, redeeming the time, buying back the time. Now the second part's what's really intriguing to me. He says, because the days are evil. The days are evil? What does that mean? The days are not in and, in and of themselves evil. The days are what you make out of them. But the point is you've got to buy back the time because if you don't make good use of it, there is plenty evil waiting for you to use it that way. And just wasting that time, that is evil. Have you ever started a day and you had a grand list of things that you wanted to accomplish, but by the end of the day you have gotten nothing done and you don't know where the time went? Yeah, we've all had that happen, haven't we? You know, Forbes.com says that in 2021, the average American spent 3.5 hours per day on social media. That is more than 1,300 hours in a year. That is 25 hours per week. Now think about that. If you got that time back, that would give you a full additional day, 25 hours. In fact, that's three work days. Facebook, it said, led the list. I've heard now that TikTok has surpassed it, but Facebook led the list at 58 minutes per day. Now, I want you to do some math with me. If the average person begins using social media at the age of 13, and honestly, it would be younger than that, but if they begin at 13 and they continue using social media until they're 79 years old, here's the breakdown. Over a lifespan, they will have used nearly 10 years of their life on social media. For comparison, one company gave the following information. They said, watching TV, we spend seven years and eight months. Eating and drinking, we spend three years and five months. Grooming, we spend one year and 10 months. Socializing, one year and three months. Doing laundry, we spend six months. I know it seems longer than that on laundry, but that's what they say, six months. 
That means that the average person will spend more time in his life on social media than he does doing laundry, socializing, and grooming put together. He'll spend more time on social media than he does eating and drinking. You think we're distracted by technology? Presently, the average person spends nearly 12% of his life on social media. Now, you might say, well, I'm old. I, I don't do that. But the younger generations coming up, it is certainly that way. Now, I want you to consider this question. The, sometimes people will say, I don't have time to study my Bible. I don't have time to memorize Scripture. I don't have time for Bible studies. Could it be because we're distracted by technology? It's a serious question, isn't it? Common Sense Media found that overall screen use time amongst teens and tweens, I didn't even know what a tween was until I read this, but they said teens and tweens in the last couple of years that the time spent looking at a screen, that would be your television, your tablet, your phone, it says it increased by 17%. On average, daily screen use amongst tweens, tweens are 8 to 12, has increased to 5 hours and 33 minutes a day. Teens, it is 7 hours and 22 minutes a day. That's 13 to 18. Years ago, I heard Brother Wendell Winkler tell a story. Brother Wendell Winkler was one of my favorite gospel preachers, and he said that he was teaching a class on stewardship. And he said while he was teaching that class, he suggested that when it comes to giving, we ought to maybe set 10% as the beginning point for what Christians will give to the Lord financially. And he said there was an elderly woman in the class, and she raised her hand and said, Brother Winkler, may I ask you a question? And he said, certainly. She said, we always suggest that 10% is a good place to think about giving financially. She said, why don't we suggest that we give 10% of our time to the Lord? And Brother Winkler said, what a great suggestion. Let's break that down if we were to do that. There are 168 hours in a week. And so if you took 10% of your time, you're talking about roughly 17 hours. Let's make this hypothetical schedule. If a man were to read his Bible, or if a man were to read his Bible and pray for one hour a day, that would be seven hours a week. And let's say that that same man attends all of the services of the church, Sunday morning Bible class, Sunday morning worship, Sunday night, a midweek service Wednesday night, and one other function, whether it be a fellowship meal, men's training class, whatever it is, that's five hours, seven and five, that's going to bring you to 12 hours a week. Let's say that that same individual, that same man gets off work every day at 4 o'clock. On Monday, he goes and visits the nursing home for one hour. On Tuesday, he visits the hospital for one hour, sees his brethren. On Wednesday, he, he makes visits to anyone who has visited the church services for one hour. On Thursday, he goes to visit some of the unfaithful in the community for one hour. When that man gets to the end of the week and he has done all of that, he will still have 90% of his time left. Brethren, we can do it. We say, oh, we, we couldn't do that. We already do more than that 
with regard to social media. If we traded it, we would have the time. That's why I say we are being hurt, we are being distracted by social media when it comes to minutes. Now here is the second one, and that is morality. Now what do I mean by that? I want you to think about how modern technology has affected us with regard to morality. I want you to think about homosexuality. How has homosexuality gained ground in recent years? In 1988, I was in high school at that time, the support for gay marriage in this country was 11%. In 2021, it was 70%. 1988 to 2021 is really not that long a period of time. We went from 11% to 70%. Two years later from 2021, I bet it's higher than 70%. I don't know what the stat is. But brethren, how have we gotten there? I'll tell you, part of it is the media. It has pushed this. You know, when you get to the month of June, our country has now designated this as Pride Month. And if you use a streaming service like Hulu or Netflix or something like that, even Disney, they will have videos that they will, they'll have a whole section of videos that are homosexual, uh, lesbian, gay, transgender programs that they push for Pride Month. And Disney had gotten to the point where they weren't even being secretive about it. They said in the past, we try to put these things out there, but... Uh, Last year, or 2021, they said our goal by the end of the year is every new program that Disney produces, they said we're going to try to have either a gay, a lesbian, a transgender, or a multicultural person in every single program that we put out. That same year, they put out the first gay kiss in an animated series in the Buzz Lightyear uh, series. And they said... We're we're not hiding it anymore. The majority of Americans now believe that people are born gay or lesbian. Why is that? They believe if you have that condition, you're born that way. Why do they believe that? The evidence doesn't say that. Why do they believe it? I'll tell you why. Because the media has done such a good job spinning this lie. If you read uh, Facebook, what you're going to see is you, that's, that's what they teach. That's what they push. If you're like me and you use an iPhone, if I swipe all the way over to the left, they have a news section. And you go through the news section, and it is liberal media that puts a spin on things that are very, that's very, very um, pro-gay, I guess would be the term, pro-homosexual. It seems like if you watch television these days, every single program has a homosexual on it. And it seems like the homosexual is always a smart, reasonable person, and the people that oppose that, well, they're just bigots. I'm telling you, technology has brainwashed us. You can't even watch commercials without a homosexual being on it nowadays. You see, they're pushing it constantly. They want you to think that it is normal. In fact, Sherry and I used to watch HGTV, Home and Garden Television, and it seemed like every per we like to watch the programs where they flip houses. It seemed like every person who was buying a house, they were a homosexual couple. You see, Hollywood has brainwashed us. Millennials support homosexual marriage at a rate of 83%. 
Why is that? I want you to think about this. Their entire lives, they have been taught this. Their entire lives, they've been taught that this is normal, that if you oppose this, that you are a bigot, you are a hater, that you are narrow-minded, their entire lives. And so 83% media has done a good job of winning them over. And brethren, the Lord's church has not been unaffected. If I had more time, I would give you some examples of how the Lord's church has been impacted by this. But let me move on to the next point, and that is pornography. When you think about morality, has media affected us with regard to pornography? You know, when I was a little kid, if someone wanted to get pornography, they had to go to a store and they had to buy it. And so there was kind of a built-in inhibition because if you were going to get it, you were afraid that someone might see you getting it. But now it's not that way anymore because of technology. The Internet has made it so that people can view pornography in the privacy of their homes and no one will ever know about it, or at least that's what they think, that no one will ever know about it. A few years ago, my next-door neighbor came over to my house. He knew I was a preacher, and he said, can you help me? He said, my wife has repeatedly caught me looking at pornography on my smartphone. I didn't even know at that time you could get pornography on your smartphone, but he said she's about to divorce me because of this. According to research, approximately two-thirds of U.S. men view pornography uh, at least, and here's the breakdown, they say 18 to 30 age group, 79% of them at least once a day. The age 31 to 49, 67% of them at least once a day. Age 50 to 68, 50% of them at least once a day. And the study says that 30% of young men in the 18 to 30 age group are doing this every single day of their lives. Think about that. Why? Media has made it so easy. Social media, even things like Facebook. Now, people say, well, Facebook doesn't have pornography, but I tell you what, it allows some immodesty, some extreme immodesty, and there's some things that are pretty close to nudity, and a young boy, a young man sees this, and it gets the wheels turning in his mind, and he wants to see more and more of this. Modesty, it's broken down barriers for us. Entertainment, the devil has done a good job using movies and TV. He makes us think that homosexuality is normal, through movies and TV, the devil gives us these storylines where the gay person is persecuted. It gives us these storylines so that we get to feeling good about the adulterous relationship. We're rooting for the thief. We hope the thief doesn't get caught. And so the devil breaks down walls when it comes to morality. A few years ago, I was doing a gospel meeting in Texas, and one of the elders had me over to his house for lunch. And he had a sign sitting on top of his television. I liked it so much I took a picture of it. And this is what it said. How dare we be entertained by the things that sent Jesus to the cross. Isn't that a good quote? You know, when it comes to technology, when it comes to our entertainment, we need to keep that in mind. Here is the next one. And this is misinformation. Now, what do I mean by that? The New York Times had an article a while back that said that, quote, the experts are worried because they said our social media platforms are filled with misinformation. 
And they said, young people have no idea what is real and what is fake. And they said that a big part of the problem, in fact, they didn't say this, but a big part of the problem is, quote, the experts, what they're calling is fake, is actually the truth and vice versa. And so they say, well, this is fake. Here's the real truth. But the truth of the matter is, that's what's fake. And so we don't know what's true and what is fake because the media spins it. Forbes.com says, whether it's about the presidential election, climate change, or COVID-19 vaccines, misinformation continues to spread rampantly across social media. According to Pew Research Service studies from January, it said more than 8 in 10 U.S. adults, 86%, say that they get their news now from their smartphone. Most people are getting their news from their smartphone. Now listen to this. North Carolina State University did a peer-reviewed study. That is, they put it out there. It's supposed to be legitimate. It's peer-reviewed. And they said, quote, unmistakably it has been exposed that big tech has egregiously attempted to tilt the scales toward left-wing candidates. What are they talking about? They're talking about the last election. And they did a study of this, and they said information has been put out there to sway toward left-wing candidates. They said we've proved this through this study. The same article talks about how Democratic leaders tried to persuade tech companies to limit certain information before the Roe versus Wade decision was released. That is, when uh, the abortion ban, or when the abortion being legalized was banned, uh, several months back, they said social media was swaying it. They were saying, don't, don't release this information. Don't release that information. Why is that? We're getting misinformation that is being used by the devil. The top sources for which people go to for information, sur not surprisingly, two of the top are Google and YouTube. Both of them are filled with liberal media bias. Now, if your child gets their news this way, they're going to be in trouble. I want you to imagine if you were to take a new convert or, or a child and you let them spend five to seven and a half hours a day reading denominational literature. Would that affect your knowledge of the Bible? If you read denominational literature five hours a day, that would hurt a mature Christian, wouldn't it? Now imagine if you read or you listen to liberal media misinformation five hours a day. Is that going to affect your mind? Now, it's a different discussion for a different way, but brethren, the Lord's church is getting hurt by a lot of young preachers who spend a lot of hours reading denominational literature. And members of the Lord's church have been hurt because they're reading online commentaries, because they're free. That's what motivated me for GBN to start putting out commentaries that are sound. I was talking to a brother and he had a position that was erroneous on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. And I said, where'd you get that? And he said, it was on such and such commentary online. He said, it's, it's one of the free ones and it clicked with me. We gotta get some good material out there because brethren are using these free resources just because they're available. We've gotta make good material available. That's part of why we need uh, entities like GBN. 
we need to teach the truth biblically and scientifically and politically and socially and sexually and morally because if we don't put this good information out there on social media, then people are going to get severely skewed information. And you know what's ironic? Now there are these individuals that they call fact checkers. They're supposed to check this information to see if it is accurate, and the fact checkers are liberal, and they want to spin the information. So they will take information that's false and say, oh, this is true. They'll take information that's true, and they'll say, oh, this is false. Imagine if we're getting our political information this way, or our religious information, or information about abortion, or the election, or it's passed now, but COVID-19. You know, for a while, the government said all these things about COVID-19. People would give information. They would say, oh, no, that's false. Some months would pass, and they'd say, okay, well, that's actually true. We were mistaken. And that was going on over and over and over again. Now, here is the last point. What time does class end, incidentally? 10.45, okay, I got 15 minutes. I'm ahead of time to, to, today. All right, the last point is the mission. The mission is the devil effect, affecting us with regard to our mission, and is, is he using social media to do this? You better believe he is. Now, by our mission, what I mean is this. What is our objective? Why are we here? Why did God put us on this earth? Brethren, I have limited time on this earth. What should I be doing with that time? And here's the answer. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. What does that mean? What is our purpose for existing? Why did God put us here? To bring pleasure to God. That's the entire reason that I exist. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13, Solomon said, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. This is the whole duty of man. Of course, you probably heard it said before, but the word duty has been added. What that means is, the text says, Fear God and keep His commandments. This is the whole of man. This is the entirety of man. This is what we are all about. According to that, what is your purpose in life? Friends, the whole of man is to serve the Lord. What that means is, if I fail to do that, I have missed my purpose for existence. I might graduate the top of my class and have a Ph.D. and be a respected academic scholar, but if I fail to fear God and keep His commandments... My life has been a waste, and I have missed my purpose. I might build a huge, successful company, and I might retire as a millionaire, but if I fail to fear God and keep His commandments, I have missed my purpose. I could find a cure for cancer. I could heal paraplegics. But if I fail to fear God and keep His commandments, I have wasted my life, and I have missed my purpose. I heard a story about a watchmaker during the time of the Civil War. And the story said that this man got drafted into the war and his unit was stationed or positioned in a certain area and they were going to be marching into battle, but they got stalled there for a long time. They were just waiting to be called up. And so while they were camped there, 
During that time, people found out that he was a watchmaker. And so they began to bring watches to him to repair. And eventually he had a large number of watches that he was working on. Well, the day came that they got their orders to go into battle. And this man said, I can't possibly go to battle. I've got too many watches to repair. You see, he had forgotten why he was there in the first place. Brethren, sometimes we forget why we're here. Sometimes we get so distracted. Maybe modern technology has made us forget why we are here. I believe that we have raised a generation of people who have come to believe that their greatest purpose in life is to be entertained all the time. If you don't believe me, think about this. To that end, we have smartphones and they are loaded with movies and games and entertainment. We've got tablets that are linked to Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime. More than 50% of houses now have some sort of streaming services. Even in our cars, we've got DVD players, which that's becoming a thing of the past. We've got XM radio, which is becoming old technology. We've got Bluetooth so that we can stream Apple Music and Pandora and Spotify. In our homes, we've got Xbox and PlayStation and uh, Dish Network and cable TV and all these streaming services. According to Nielsen stats, the average American home watches five hours and four minutes a day of television. The bulk of that is on flat panel HDTVs. 94% of homes in America have HD televisions, these flat panel TVs. We all have them. Most homes now have tablets that we are streaming on. They say that the average home now watches an entire season of a television show, you know we call it binge watching, we watch an entire season in five days. Brethren, I don't know how we could look at numbers like this and the hours that are spent watching television and using technology for entertainment and say that we have not been distracted from our mission. I want you to do something for me. Don't share these answers, I just want you to think to yourself. How many hours have I spent in prayer this week, if it is hours? How many hours have I spent in Bible study, if, if it's hours? How many hours have I spent in attendance at worship? How many hours have I spent teaching others on, on evangelism? And think about this. What's my purpose? Why am I here? How much time have I spent watching television or engaged in social media versus these things that are my true mission. In Luke 19.10, Jesus said that his mission was to seek and to save the lost. Jesus is the head. We are his body. That means we have the same mission. The body has the same mission as the head, right? His mission was to seek and save the lost. What are we doing to accomplish our mission? In John 9 and verse 4, Jesus said, I must work. Now, I started with this. After we thought about all of this, I want to close with this, and I want you to think about it again. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. That is to say, I've got a mission to do. I've got a limited amount of time to do it, and the time is coming rapidly when I'm going to run out of time to accomplish my mission. Brethren, I will honestly tell you, 
every time I teach this lesson, it makes me stop and realize I've been distracted by technology and I want to do better. Is technology killing God's people? At one point in the life of Jesus, a lawyer came to him and asked him this question. Master, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus responded in Matthew 22, beginning in verse 36, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, all of thy soul, and all of thy mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. May we never let technology or anything else cause us to lose sight of that goal. Thank you so much for your attention. We're finishing just a few minutes early, but you can use this time to check out the table. We have some materials from the Gospel Broadcasting Network that are on the table in the back. Everything there is free. Please pick it up and use it. There are some DVDs on that table, and I know DVDs are rapidly becoming a thing of the past, but please pick them up and use them. There's material about how to support GBN. There's some wristbands for the kids or, or an adult if you want to use it to advertise GBN. It's got our web address on there. Please use those materials, and if you have any other questions about the work we're doing, I would be delighted to tell you about it. Thank you very much.